0: I don't want to bring much attention to our family or my wife, but I want to bless her for being open. She, we're singing that second song, and she was just singing along, and one time, halfway through the chorus, she says, my heart's heavy, and she didn't sing a word after that. So there's something attacking, and I, yeah, it's only Satan, I'm sure. So we want to give God the glory, and only his spirit can take that away. So this morning, i pray against that in the name of Jesus. As I think about sharing today, I guess first of all I want to go back to last Sunday just for just briefly to clarify something that, and that's the reason I want to pray against the spirit of confusion or maybe not hearing or, and for myself, I sometimes say when I get in my message I get to rolling and sometimes I say things that it doesn't come out right so I want to try to I want to try to try clarify where I was at and I think everybody will understand but uh, the, the comment that I made when I was talking about my dream and how these people were going into the room and some of them had head coverings on, some of them didn't. Uh, the part that I think God was showing me was that these actually, it was Baptists on the door, and those people wouldn't normally wear head coverings. But there was a multiple, I mean, a lot of people going in there, and the majority of them had the head coverings on. So I, the part that I think God was showing, there's there's a group of people, when you're living in the kingdom, like, when, you, when you're a part of the kingdom of God, you don't, you obey his word. It's not that, I know I made a comment, something about, um, the Pharisees—they only live by the book. We need to live by the book, but through the Spirit of God leads us as we read the book. The Spirit of God works in that, and it shows us how to do, what to do, and how to do it. Uh, I think there was just somebody was here the last week or two weeks ago that I heard talk about that. They said this is a this is a learning. This is how we learn God. We we le- read His Word and we learn who He is through that. That that speaks to our heart. And we get to know him. So, yeah, as I was thinking about, uh, and I, that's, that's I guess what I was thinking about these people going in, the ones that were, had their head coverings on, it was like, that's what they were, they were coming to the knowledge of the word. They were obeying the word. It wasn't that that was accepted, really, the one that didn't. I don't know, that wasn't the part that I was, but the part that I think God was showing me was that these people, Baptist name on top, not normally, you know, in our eyes, we don't see them wearing head coverings, they were, they were wearing head cams. so I think they were truly living by the kingdom of God. It wasn't. And then the other thing was about as far as. I think I made a comment. Something like at the end of my message. Something like. Uh, uh, I went back and listened, to it. Something like. Um, it doesn't matter. You're not so concerned about what you wear. I think is the, is the, the comment I made. And I want to clarify that. It's not that I'm saying you can wear whatever you want to wear. I think I. The, the, the part that I want to bring out. I think again. We are part of the kingdom of God. We, we will not be so concerned about what people have on if it is not against the word of God. The word of God is still our, this is still, this is true, this is right, and only this is the ultimate word of God. We can't, if it's in here, you can't get around it. But the thing, I guess, is just one example I was thinking about. I was to, to a place, it's been seven, maybe ten years ago, I don't know, eight years ago. I was somewhere, and, the, and their thing was you had to have your top button Buttoned up. That was there. That was one of the things. Rick, I'm not getting against you. You wear yours this way, but uh, some people like it that way. That's okay. If you, if that's you, if that's modesty to you, that is give God the glory. Live it. I go back to Romans 14. It says that in that we live unto the Lord. You do. God has convicted you to do that. You do it as unto the Lord, not because me or you or somebody else is watching you. But there was a guy going around, and he was actually. I, we had after lunch out from a button, and he come around. And he's like. Get your button, button up. that's the part I'm looking when you are truly in the kingdom of God you're not looking around and making sure the person has his hair parted in the middle or whether he's got his shirt buttoned up that's, there's nothing in this I know they might say it's a, a principle of modesty and it may be in their eyes but for them to implement it on someone else I don't think is kingdom driven personal opinion alright on to the message today so hopefully that clarifies what I was trying to say last Sunday, and I I appreciate bringing that forward. I because I don't I'm not perfect. I make mistakes. I talk. I say stuff I shouldn't say. If I say something I don't, that's not right, I want you to just tell me. I do not want to leave it like that. I don't I don't want to leave that uh, undone. We are that's what we're here for. We're here to help each other, and hopefully we can bring that out in the message today. Open your Bibles to First Corinthians eleven. The title of the message is Confessing Your Faults One to Another. As we come together today uh, for this service and and thinking about what this represents or what we're here for today, I don't know what comes to your mind when you think of council meeting. And I'm going to voice another opinion that I have here, and this is just my opinion. This ain't nothing. But I, I, I think it would be proper and it would be good if we could actually have council meeting and communion all together. Because at that point, you and I want to—we gonna to look at the Bible here, what it says. But I think it would—I think it references that to, in 1 Corinthians eleven. It talks about how we come together, confessing our faults one to another, and then as you partake of that Lord's Supper, as you partake of that bread and that cup, that is—that that is the very thing—not not the bread and the cup, but that is the very thing that represents what just happened in here when you confess your faults one to another and to God. Not only one to another but also to God. it's You've got to tell each other, but more than that, God, God has to forgive you. You have to be honest with Him. But I think by being honest with Him, we are honest with each other, and, and God will forgive us in that. I forgot to ask what time we were supposed to be getting into. I'll try to, I'll try to be done by about quarter till. But i got to keep going. First Corinthians 11. Let's read. Let's start in verse 26 down to 34. Confessing your faults one to another. Just thinking of council meeting and what you think of that and what you think, what you think of. I know growing up as an Amish boy, it was ordinance made, ordinance may. You went and you looked at the paper. It's is you do this, this, and this, and this, and that's, that's I'm not saying that's all wrong. We need to be reminded of where we stand sometimes, but I, I think it's more than that it is preparing our spiritual self. It's, pers- it's, it's preparing our heart, what's inside. It's preparing that to partake of the Lord's Supper, because of what it says here in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 26. Let's just read. It says, uh, I'm not going to read up further. We'll, we'll, we'll get that next Sunday or two weeks. Somebody will cover that, I'm sure. For as often as you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat of this bread and drink of this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the blood, the body, and the blood of the Lord. And, and I, what does that mean by what he says unworthingly? The Amplified Version would give it this way. Guilty of profaning and sinning against the body of the Lord. And I think we can probably all say we have those slip-ups, we have those things that happen, and it's, it's just something that, that, that happens. We're a human being. Yes, we are living for God. We have the spirit within, but still we live in the flesh. There's, there's times that come by and we, we, we will fall, we will slip. And he goes on to say, But let a man examine himself. Let a man examine himself. So let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh that cup unworthily, he eateth and drinketh in damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. And Paul's simply saying here that that is the reason for this coming together before you partake of the Lord's table. To, to examine yourself. Uh, Rick doesn't examine me or... I'm using... Sorry, Rick. You're sitting right there. It's pretty easy. I'm going to start using Kevin. He's probably getting get tired of me using he? But uh, Rick doesn't examine Kevin and Kevin doesn't examine Rick. But we examine ourselves. You examine your own heart. Where am I with the Lord? What, what is my walk like with the Lord? Is there something here that needs to be dealt with? Is there something that needs to be brought to the altar? And if there is, speak it to one another. It says here that, that here in this setting that Paul was given to the Corinthian church. They, they, they were coming, and they had then lost all focus on why they were having the Lord's table. They were just coming, and, and when they had the Lord's Supper, I think they had a meal with it. I'm not exactly sure how it was, but it almost seemed like they would have partaken of the bread, then ate the food, and then took of the cup later. I don't know that, but that's a little bit what comes to me as I read this. Uh, that's not exactly how we do it, but that's okay. It's not no big deal. You do, that doesn't matter. But I think that was coming for the food, and they weren't coming because they were celebrating that, what God had done for them. That was not their main focus. And through that, their spiritual life had completely uh, diminished or had completely deflated almost. And, and that's what Paul's saying here. There's many of you that are weak. They're sickly among you. They're, they're carelessly and unworthily participating in this communion table. And he says that it is, it's not for that. That's not what this is about. For if, we, for if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. He's saying if you examine yourself, then God won't judge you. You need to look at your own heart, cleanse that, that, that thing that is within you, and then God will judge you accordingly. The, the, the Amplified Version give it a little bit better than I thought too, except this. For if we searchingly examine ourselves, detecting our shortcomings and recognizing our own condition, we should not be judged or penalty decreed by the divine judgment. But when we fall short and are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined or chastened so that we may not finally be condemned to the eternal punishment along with the world. That's the whole goal of, of, of that. We don't come, you know, we're, 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 we're basically. We're, we're uh, diminishing what God has done for us. We're diminishing what Jesus did on the cross. When we come and we partake of that cup, we partake of that bread with sin in our hearts. Knowingly, not having complete freedom, not having complete here I am, just like you can see out through that glass you should be able to see in my heart and know exactly where I'm at in every area of life. That is clear. That's what Jesus wants to see. That's what God wants to see. And when we partake of that communion table and when we partake of that cup and take of that bread, with that not being the case, then we drink damnation unto the the body of Christ. Do we think about how serious that is this morning? We're basically saying, Jesus, we don't care what you did on the cross. We don't really care. That's what we're saying, literally. We don't say that in words. But when you partake of that bread and eat of that cup, I'm going to make another suggestion now, and I know Lester used to do this, and I don't know if really Brad and Paul do, but before we partook of the the hymns, they would give a time of, they would give a time of, a short time of, is there anything else that anyone has that you would like to confess or that you would like to bring to the Lord before we partake of this? Oh, that's just so it gives you plump goosebumps just to think about how open you need to be and how How serious this is. You know, yes, just a cup of juice and it's a bread. But what it represents. What it represents. For we we are judged, we are chastened. I already read that. Let's go on to verse 33. Wherefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, tarry one for another. Tarry one for another. Wait on each other. There's someone, and that was another thing. I think if you read the, the background on what was going on here, the, the Corinthian church, the people were coming in. They come and they they, they particular, the, whatever, the, the, the emblems and they get to the food. That was the main thing, the food and the drink. They weren't so concerned about the communion. That's why Paul says here, tarry one for another. Do it together. Come together as one body. Get shared a little bit this morning. With it. it's, it's a common union. And I know sometimes that gets misused. You think of common union as you got to... Uh, Believe everything the same, just like Rick's... Here we go, Rick again. Blue shirt. Rick. Rick has his order like this. I'm going to say this because he doesn't care. But he loves blue. There's nothing to the matter with that. That is perfectly fine. But Rick's perfect. It's it's like this here. I think it's God. It's Carolyn. It's children, and then it's blue. Am I right, Rick? That is his. That's his order. That's fine. That's that. That's that's all great and good. But you know, we we need to we we have our own things. It's not it's not when we think of a common union. We don't all have to love blue like Rick loves blue. But we can still be in common union with him in Christ. Because we all have God at the top, right? That's our that's our we're all together on that. God at the top, Jesus Christ. That's that's why we come here is because of that one reason. And we come together as a common union. And and, and we, we believe that the word of God is the word of God. We believe what it says is true. That that is where the common union comes in. But wait for another. Tarry one for another, and if any man hunger, let him eat at home. That you come not together unto condemnation. And the rest I will set in order when I come. And I think again, Paul's just bringing this into uh, he, he's telling him to eat at home. Don't 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 come hungry. If you if you're coming hungry and you've got to eat before, don't do that. Eat at home. Adam I'm gonna need another drink. Let's go to James 5. This is the verse that um, I want to look at, and there are several scriptures that i got here to, to kind of bring out the point that I want to bring out. Confessing our faults one to another as we think of, of today and as we think of council meeting and coming together and, and sharing our shortcomings with each other. We, we, we take it to God by confessing it to Kevin or confessing it to Sean or confessing it to Dennis. That's not really going to take care of the problem. It's got to be confessed to God but it's confessing to one another that there's some accountability there. And there's some, yes, you you have done this. And, and there's, there's freedom within our heart. We all, I'm sure we've all felt that. We felt that guilt just, just pour off whenever we confess one to another. That's what James is saying here. And I'm going to start in verse 13 down to 16. He talks about anointing here first. I think it's all part of the same process. If any among you afflicted, let him pray. Is any merry, let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church, and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he has committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Then in verse 16, confess your faults one to another, pray one for another, that you may be healed. Did you catch the second part of the verse? that's why you confess your faults one to another again that we can pray for one another we we have things we struggle with we need to intercede to our heavenly Father for each other there's strength in that there's 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 great there's great strength in that and I think you know we, we can all testify Kevin I was sitting in Kevin's class yesterday at the youth thing and and his topic was winning your battles that's one of the ways that you win your battles is by Having somebody where you can sit down with and you can share with them what you're struggling with and together, pray together. It says it right here, this is what James says, and if you go back up a little further, the ones that were sick, they didn't just pour oil on their head. He says, we prayed for one another. There is severe power in prayer. Well, let's, go read, let's read what it says. Confess your faults. One to another, pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The effectual prayer. The the, the prayer where you are really seriously coming to the throne room of grace and you are lifting up someone in prayer. Righteous man. Catch that? Did you catch it? Righteous man. Somebody that is walking in faith. Not somebody. Thank you. I don't think we can I don't think we can live a life of sin and and a, a life of having a lot of things hidden within. And, 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 and practice this principle that James is teaching here. I think it, it says our prayers will not have, it will not reach the throne room of heaven. I know God hears. I know God can, can heal a person. But if we are living with sin in our life, we cannot fervently pray for a person that really needs deliverance and that needs help winning something or overcoming something. Only the prayers of a righteous man. It says they availeth much. The earnest, heartfelt, continual prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. We can probably all say we've seen those things happen in our lives. They need to be happening continually. Confess your faults one to another. Galatians 6. There's two uh, two verses there I want to look at. Galatians 6. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, you which are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. This, this, this first verse, so many times, I think, and I, I think I mentioned a little bit something about this last Sunday, where we, we get these things of, um, we, we want to use this, that, oh, we're not really, you know, we're just about not capable. We're not really qualified. Are you spiritual or are you not spiritual this morning? If you're not spiritual, you need to get with it. You're you're not living for God. You're not, you're not. And for some reason, we have this thing where we feel, and I know there's a sense of humbleness. We need to be humble about it. But let's not be humble so much that we become proud because we we don't, basically in our hearts, we don't want to. He said, brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, you which are spiritual, I think Carolyn illustrated that perfectly this morning. She, she seen a sister in need. She didn't, she didn't just sit there and let it be. I think God spoke to Carolyn. Carolyn came over, sat beside my wife. That is, that's, that's what you do. It's not that you're someone special. It's not that you have anything above anyone else. But it's only that God spoke to you and you are spiritual. and You sit together and you, you, you love on each other. And you help each other. Because we got to have each other to get to heaven. It's ultimately Jesus Christ, but we have to be together as a group. There has to be a loving of the brotherhood. How often does Jesus say? Actually, it's the second commandment. He says, first of all, love me with all the heart, all the soul, and all the mind. He says, second to it's just like it. Love thy neighbor as thyself. And when we love our neighbor as we love Christ, how did Christ love us? He gave his life for us. That's the way we ought to love Christ back. We ought to love our neighbor the same way. That's why you sit together and you, 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 you confess your things to one another. Bear you one another's burdens. It goes on. I'm not going to read it, but the later part of this scripture <clears throat> it talks about. For every man shall bear, bear his own burdens. There's still a portion that you have to bear because it's your own thing. It's something that you're struggling with. I think that's simply what Paul is saying here. You bear one another's burdens. You help each other through. But yet, there's still. If you remember, we read in in first there in First Corinthians 11 where he says that uh, where Paul said that. Uh, where God chastens, uh, I'm not sure how the words basically what it was, when you sin, the consequences you still have to live with. That's part of, that is part of bearing your own burdens. You can't completely get rid of everything. There's, there comes consequence with everything that, that you go through, and you have to live with that. And I think that's what Paul is simply saying here. Yeah, let's come together, let's confess our faults one to another, let's bear each other's burdens, and, but also in that, you're going to have to bear your own burdens. Let's go to Hebrews 3. I guess if you get tired of paging, you'll have to just take a break. Hebrews 3, verses 12 through 19. This is more talking a little bit over uh, here. This is more talking about unbelief. And I know sometimes we we come to this thing and 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 you 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 might come to a time of 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 confessing one to another and there's there's just this one thing that you really just don't think that, that you really want to bring out. You, maybe it's because you don't want to because of the fear of man. Or maybe it's simply because you don't really believe it can happen. There's a spirit of unbelief. And I think that's exactly what happened here in Hebrews 3. Verse starting in 12. Take heed, brothers, lest there be any of you of an evil heart of unbelief in departing of the living, from the living God. But exhort one another daily... While it is called today, lest any of you harden through the deceitfulness of sin, and and I think again we could bring in. Let's go ahead and read on back just a little bit further. For we are made partakers of Christ, and if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast until the end, whilst it said today, if you hear His voice, harden not your hearts, as it as in the proclamation. And I think it's simply what the the Hebrew writer is saying here is that. When we let those things, when you can't see through our heart, when 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 you can't see in your heart, and you're not you're not okay with just opening up and let everyone look at everything as you can see through this window, then there that needs to be like that all the time. I think I preached a message some time ago about keeping our platters clean. That is simply what that means. When you let just a little bit, and and the the I got all sorts of scriptures coming to my mind, but I'm thinking about. The scripture went a little leaven, leaven the whole lot. You know, you, you just left just a little bit in there, and that just keeps growing and growing and growing. All of a sudden, you've got something that you barely can take care of. Johnson grass does the same thing. It's not Johnson grass within your heart, it's sin. And it makes your heart that way, it will get rock hard. God cannot penetrate through that. When we, and I, I know that uh, uh, Mark Carrier, he says that's the reason that he feels like the apostles had communion every time they come together. It was simply because they came together with communion. They, they joined together at the Lord's table, and before they partook of this Lord's table, they confessed their faults one to another. We're week to week to week. His thought is this. How can you remember what you did in a six-month period? How, how can you remember that? And he, he says, bring it to the Lord often. Yes, we can confess our faults one to another without being at the Lord's table. But his thought is there's power in that. There's power in confessing your faults one to another at the Lord's table. Where that very thing that's going on within when you confess your faults one to another, when you're asking God to forgive you, that very thing, the the symbol of what is happening is, is before you. You're celebrating that. You're celebrating your forgiveness. You're celebrating what Jesus has done on the cross. Don't let those little things continue to grow and grow and grow. Always keep that thing cleaned out. And I, I I got something else this morning that I want to confess, but I wait till just a little bit. That's not right. I just said, don't do that. I'm gonna. I'll tell you now, and then we'll do it later. Um, Last Sunday, when we, I don't know who sang the last song. Uh, It was a little chorus. It might have been. How's it go? Was it you, Karen? Who sang the last song last Sunday, Becky? Yeah. There was God. Have you ever been sitting there when there's a song singing and God asks you just to raise your hand? just to, And you know, there was a thought came to my mind that there's somebody here that's not from this church, and if they see me raise my hand, they'll think he's some. That very thought overtook me, and I gave in to that just after I got done preaching about the kingdom of God. I want to confess to you this morning that I did that, and after we get done singing, or after we get done preaching here, I'd like to sing that song, and I'm going to make that right to God. I want to make a... I, that's the thing I'm saying. You thought something. You might think, well, that's just a little thing. What are you talking about? That is the very thing when you're living for God and you're truly open to Him. Keep that thing cleaned out. Don't let and it just be little things. You might think, well, that's just a little thing. Little things that just keep adding up, and all of a sudden there's these great big things, and you're okay with them too, and you just you just keep adding on, and then your heart becomes hard. You cannot you you cannot be in tune with God. Then when you go to the communion table, what's going to happen then? Your damnation to the, body of, to the body of Christ is what's going on. And it's only, it's only hurting you. It tells us that in 1 Corinthians. He said today, if you hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the proclamation. He's talking about the children of Israel here. For some, when they had heard, they did provoke, how about not, not all that came out of Egypt by Moses? But with whom was he grieved 40 years? Was it not with them that, he, that had sinned? Whose carcasses fell in the wilderness, and to whom swore he that he should that they should not enter into the rest, but to them that believed not. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. I think it'll be no different with you and I. If there's something in your heart this morning and you just think there's hardly any way, or maybe there maybe it's a sense of fear, maybe it's just a sense of I don't really know if God can forgive that. This verse here tells us, I think exactly, and there's many others. It says that they could not enter in because of unbelief. That's why the children of Israel fell in the wilderness. They didn't believe that God could deliver them in their hearts. God was telling them all along, I'm going to take you to the promised land. But I think there was a there, it says there was there was unbelief within. And they they could not they could not give themselves over to that. There's another verse in Proverbs 28. There's two, two verses there I want to look at. Proverbs 28, verses 13 and 14. And again, going back to this thought of of not having our hearts as clear as this window that you can just see out, that you can see in that plainly. Because God does, after all. God can see exactly what's in there. He knows the number of hair on our head. He knows exactly what's going through our mind. He knows exactly what your thoughts were last night. He knows what you thought about this morning. He knows what you're thinking right now. He that covereth his sin shall not prosper. But whosoever confesseth and forsaken them shall have mercy. Happy is a man that feareth always, but he that hardens his heart, he shall fall into mischief. I think again, just simply, the, the proverb writer here is just simply saying again, there's no other way that we can freely be who God wants us to be without keeping the inside completely clean. We can clean the platter from the inside. How was the, the Pharisees were cleaning the platter from the outside, trying to clean it from the outside, but the inside... Jesus told him, your, your hearts are like raving wolves. The outside looks good and clean, but the inside of the heart was not correct. It was not good. It was not right. If we clean the inside, the outside will become what God desires it to be. How do, what do we do about this? What's the, what's the remedy? What, when we confess our faults one to another, 1 John, I want to close there. 1 John 1. I want to look at 1 John 1 and I want to close there. First John 1, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifest, and we have seen it, and bear witness. Shew unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifest unto us. That which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you, that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. And these things write unto you that your joy may be full. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. You catch that? No darkness at all in him. There is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and we walk in darkness, we lie. What is darkness? What is walking in darkness? I know the first thing that comes to my mind as I think of walking in darkness is somebody's involved in alcohol, somebody's in partying. That that's just that that's that's a vision of darkness that I get in my mind. But I think it can simply be the very things that we talked about. You can be in a you can be a great church attender, you can be an every Sunday pew sitter, you can be dressed just right. <clears throat> there can be stuff within that nobody else knows other than you and God and Satan. Only those three people. Only those three people know. I think that's the that that in itself can be darkness. If we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie. We are not being truthful. We're not being open. And when when we don't completely open our hearts, when we don't completely let every room be cleaned out, we're walking in darkness and we're we're living a lie. What what is Jesus? What what does it say about the liar in Revelations? I didn't look. It's not my notes, but it talks about. Can somebody help me out there? The abomination. Okay. That that's one of the main things that he names right about lying. So I think yeah the the it, it, the part that I want to bring in is that if we are living in any darkness at all, we are living a life of lie, and It's not it's not truly it's not open. It's not it's not transparent to God. It's not. It's not being who God wants us to be. We lie and we do not have the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the other verse that comes to my mind was in, in Matthew 5, 20, where he says, unless your righteousness exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees. That was the very people that Jesus said, you know, on the outside, you look like you've got it all together, but inside there's nothing but dead man's bones. It's like, it's like rotten stuff. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, We have fellowship one with another. The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, he cleanses us from all sin. All sin. I don't care what it is this morning. If it's this small or if it's this big. That's why we look at it in our eyes, but in God's eyes, it's all this big. It doesn't matter how small we think it is. It's all this big. It has different consequences, but it's still all this big. It's sin, and sin simply cannot enter into heaven. It cannot. It tells us that. It will not. Only if it is confessed and it is put under the blood of Jesus Christ can it enter in. Then we can become free. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. Verse 9 is the verse that I wanted to get to and I want to close with that. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. All unrighteousness. If we are faithful to confess, confess. Not only to God, but I think we confess one to another. I'm not saying when you're driving down the road and there's a thought comes in your mind that you can't just confess that to God. I'm not saying that. But I think when the, when the opportunity is available and when there is, when there is, uh, we, we know that we can talk to get Jesus at any time. We can talk to God at any time. But I think when the opportunity is available to share one with another, there is tremendous power there, like it says in James 5. Because you can pray for one another. You can lift each other up. The fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. It gives us it, it helps us through the victory. What else do we want but an easier road to li- to life? We want we all want that. We don't like these battles. We don't it's not saying we are gonna have battles, but I think we can we can help each other fight them. And then always remember the verse in first John one nine. If we confess our sins, he is faithful just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar. And the word is in not, and the word is not in us. So as I think about, yeah, as we sat together here today and think of our shortcomings and things that we have done in life, and maybe, maybe just it's yeah, we we all failed. We know that, but we confess one to another. But most of all, that you confess to God, that when you partake of that Lord's Supper, that you can be free, you can be open, you can be transparent to God, and there's no fear. Of drinking damnation to yourself or to the Lord's body. It's not you're not you're not making a mockery out of what he's done. You're you're simply embracing it. You're celebrating that let that, that death on the cross and that forgiveness that he made available for us. Let's come before the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning, Lord. Thank you again for all that you've done for us today. Thank you for this word that you shared with us this morning as we Think of confessing our faults one to another. I pray especially this morning for each person here, Lord, as we sit together and as we continue on in the service, as we think of partaking of your emblems of your death and your suffering that you did for us on the cross. And Lord, what set us free? We just thank you so much this morning, Lord. Help us never, never, never to forget what that cost you. What it cost you to set us free. And help us never to forget that we're not our own, that you've bought us morning, I just pray for each person that's in this room this morning, I pray that you will press that upon each heart in a real way, Lord, if there's anything in our hearts this morning, if there's anything that needs to be, whatever it is that needs to be confessed, whatever it is that needs to be brought to the altar, Lord, I just pray for courage, I pray for openness, I pray for just revelation, Lord, if there's anything that maybe maybe we're not sure about, maybe there's something that we don't really know exactly where we stand on Father, I pray that you would just give that person the courage to reveal that this morning in the name of you. That they would bring it to the cross and that we could pray for each other. But most of all that we know that you have set us free. That you have paid the price that we could come again to be with you. And Lord, this morning we just pray again for the rest of the service. I pray especially for Sean as he leads out here in the second part. I just lift him up to your name. pray that you have your protection around him. Just pray for clarity of his mind and his thoughts as he shares. And Lord, each one, as we just set together, we just lift each one up. You're throwing we just praise you, we bless you, and we worship you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. <coughs>